Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Anna. And this is The Creator's Chaos, a podcast for creators by creators. Through engaging, thought-provoking conversations, we empower you to embrace your unique self in the social media scene. In today's episode, we're chatting with Kalia Nicole, creator-turned-influencer-manager, discussing influencer agencies and what they can do for your creator career. But first, let's get into our icebreaker of the day. We're so excited to have you on the podcast today, and we like to always start out with a little icebreaker to make things fun. So our icebreaker today is if you could have any animal as a sidekick, real or fictional, what would it be? I love this question, first and foremost, because how fun, how unique to kick things off. I'm so here for it. So I actually have two, and they're kind of similar. So the first one I was like, oh my gosh, like I would totally have a horse like as a sidekick because they're majestic. They're great companions. I actually grew up riding horses. So they have a special place in my heart. And then I was like, but if I could have like a unicorn, now that would be really fun. I love that. I also grew up on a horse farm. And so horses have such a like special place in my heart too. But I'm going to go with Salem from Sabrina. I am obsessed with Salem. Like I think he is such a fun counteractive bounce things back and forth off of like he definitely wouldn't let me get away with anything. He would definitely keep me in check. But I love his sense of humor. Anna, what's your answer? Okay, mine is very nerdy. I went with the blue like Neopet. Neopets? Neopets? Yes, the Neopet. He was blue. He had almost like a dog, but he wasn't totally like a cross between like a dog and unicorn almost. Do Neopets still exist? I don't think the website exists anymore. No, that was like where I spent my hours. (laughs) Throwback. I did love Webkins too. Mine was Webkins. I was like a Webkins girl. (laughs) I have forgotten about all of this. This is like nostalgic coming back. Like, what? It's mainly because the Neopets were just so like happy, I feel like. And so I just need happy energy all the time. It would be like your BFF. It would take you everywhere. It would pick out your clothes for you. Like, well, we're going to get on to our episode today. Again, we're so excited to have Kalia here with us, who is going to talk all things on the influencer and creator manager side of things, and also talking about outsourcing and how that can really help our journeys as creators. So Kalia, I'd love if you could introduce yourself, give us your Instagram handle and tell us what influencer agency you're with. Yes. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on here. I can't wait to talk, like you said, about all things influencer marketing, having an agency. When is the right time to get a manager? Like I said, my name is Kalia. My handle is at Kalia Nicole. And I don't know about y'all, but I know people by their handles. It's bad. It's bad. But being in social media, I'm like, okay, so your name is that, but what's your handle? (laughs) So it's at Kalia Nicole. Would love to connect with you over there on Instagram. And my agency is called Alora Society. And it is a talent agency for creators and influencers. Thank you for introducing yourself and we're excited to dive into this and what it looks like to not only own an influencer agency, but what influencers can expect when they're looking to hire either a manager or starting their like journey into looking at influencer agencies because I know myself, it's something that really scares me because you're really putting your trust and your whole 
like brand into somebody. So we just wanted to start off, what does your typical day look like as a manager? So I love this question because what's really unique about my agency is I actually got to co-found it with one of my friends who started off as like a connection in the influencer industry, actually worked with her on the brand side. So she worked on the brand side. I was a creator. We partnered together on different campaign and we really built a great relationship. And she was based locally here as well because the company is headquartered here in Tampa, Florida. So when she was kind of transitioning and looking at different roles, I ended up bringing her onto my team on the personal brand side. And we just had the best working relationship. We became super close friends. She's one of my best friends now. And so now we say that we're friends first and colleagues second, but we actually created the agency together and co-founded it together at the end of 2022. And so what's really unique is we both have the same like morals and values and principles and the way that we approach working with creators and working with brands and our focus on building long-term relationships that are mutually beneficial. We share that and are in such alignment with that, but our skill sets are very different because Mia is actually more so operating on the manager side. She works on all the back end. I operate as CEO and founder. And so I am front end. I am the face. I am the throw me up on stage with 20,000 people or throw me in a room with hundreds of people. I will talk to everybody. I will network my little booty off. Okay. So I am the face. And so she's actually the one behind the scenes. So I'll kind of walk you through the day-to-day for both of us because it's different. So for her as a manager, she is the one that is handling all communication with the brand and the talent. So the creators that we're representing, she is organizing our ClickUp space, which is where we host majority of communication with the different creators that we're working with, with the different brands. And so she'll manage all the ClickUp space to make sure that our creators have visibility on the partnerships we're working on with them. She will redline contracts. She's the one that negotiates with brands, pitches to brands. So she's actually operating what's really unique as an agent and a manager. They are very different. In Florida, we are able to do that. It is not that way in every state. So if you're listening to this and you're in a different state and you're like, "Mm, can you do that? Don't worry. Legal has cleared us. Okay. We are good. No need to fear. So she is the one again, handling all the back and all the behind the scenes when needed. I will step in and help her out with those things. So whether that be communication, whether that be helping your source brands for pitching or making relationships, anything like that, I will absolutely step in when necessary. But my day to day actually looks a lot different. So I'm the one that's doing podcast interviews and things like that. Talking about the agency. I am taking meetings with brands. I am networking. I'm talking with different agencies or sourcing different talent for our roster. I'm doing content creation. I'm attending events. I'm doing all of those things that are more of the front end. It's been really, really cool because again, we're able to really operate out of both of our unique skill sets, bring both of our experiences to the table, her from the brand side, me from the creator side of like nine years in this industry and bring them together and really be able to fully support all the talent and brands we get to work with. That's incredible. It's so funny because as you're talking about your partner, I'm looking at Anna like, oh my gosh, this is how we started too. But it's so cool because the people you meet online really can open doors and create a world of new experiences that you would never have gotten if you wouldn't have logged into social media. So that's one of my favorite things about social media. But I love that at the core, you guys have flourished this from both of your expertise, but also a friendship at the basis of your company and your agency. The next question that we have, which is one that I'm sure all of our audience listening has this question. How does someone know when it's time to hire a manager or an agency to support their brand or their creator journey? I love this question because it is one that I get a lot too. being on the creator side, right? And then now having an agency is what are the signs to look for? So I'll run you through some of the biggest ones that I will say having the perspective of both. So number one is if you have a large volume of inquiries that you're already getting and you're really struggling to maintain those and do it with excellence and things are just like falling through the cracks and a brand reaches out and they're like, Hey, we need to know by Friday, you know, if you're interested in this and you see 
that the following Monday and you're like, oh my gosh, like I totally left money on the table. Like this is a dream opportunity, but I didn't see it because I was busy filming reels or I was, you know, out here organizing my content that's coming up. Like it's so frustrating, right? Because you're like, oh, I know that could have been something they reached out to me. They were interested, but it fell through the cracks, right? Because you're getting a lot of volume, but you can't manage that with also having to do the amount of content creation that you're putting out there. Number two, you're really struggling to manage the business side of things. So what I have found is there is a small percentage of creators that are really talented at also being entrepreneurs or business owners. So they are just on it. However, majority are either really talented at being creative or really talented at being entrepreneurs or business owners. For me, I actually operate better as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner than a creator. Most of the creators we represent, they are better as the creative, right? They are the aesthetic people. They are always got new content ideas and they're putting it out there and they're really on top of that, but they're kind of struggling with the business side. So it's a great matchup. So if you're struggling to manage the business side of things, and maybe you know how to renegotiate and read contracts and you're like, listen, I can get by, but I feel like a pro could manage this better. And I would really love to focus on being a creator and being creative. Oh, that'd be so nice if I could just get the business side off of my plate. And then the last thing is that you're looking to scale into other areas and could use a lot of your time back to do that. So let's say you want to write a book. You want to start a podcast. You want to go out there and do more speaking engagements, or you want to host your own events, things like that, that you're really leveraging your talents and skill sets. You want to scale, but you're like, there is absolutely no way <laughs> with the amount of business things I have to do. And also the content I have to create, like, please. So if you're wanting to scale and do that, then you're going to need some help. And so that's where we would come in and you'd be able to outsource all that business side. So you don't have to worry about that. And you don't have to have the conversations about money. I love talking about money. Okay. I'm kind of weird where I'm like, let's talk about it, but I don't mind having those conversations. Right. And some creators are like, this is so uncomfortable for me. And I also don't know how to do this in a professional way that doesn't burn the bridge, but also make sure I'm getting paid what I feel like I'm worth. So those business side of things and having to look it through a contract and the legal and all of that, you don't want to deal with that. And you're getting this volume of inquiries and you're like, I'm ready to scale. That's when you know, it's like the perfect trinity of, okay, it's time for me to outsource and look for an agency. I really love all of those because I can relate myself to some of them where you're like, okay, I'm just swamped. And I think that's mostly what I hear from creators is I'm just swamped. I have 500 things to do. I'm working both ends 24 seven. And that really is probably when it is a good time to find someone because it's stressful, right? Like it's a lot to do everything and be everyone. So I know your agency specifically, like you reach out and you hire, it's invite only. So I'm curious kind of on both ends. A, for an agency, what you're looking for in a creator and what an influencer should be looking for in an agency to make that match good, right? Because you could have two good things, a really good agency and a really good creator and they might not like pair well. So how do you find something that pairs well? Yes, absolutely. So I'll start with the question of what should an influencer or creator look for when trying to find a good fit for an agency or find a good person to represent them? Number one, I wouldn't say this is, oh, it's the very top, but it's a big top for us because we're giving so much energy and also they're having to give so much energy is personality fit. It has to make sense just personality wise that you get along with them. There are some creators that I know will bring onto our roster one day. They're going to be like, Kalia, you have a lot of energy. And you know, I love that for you, but also like, that's a lot for me. You know, like I'm more like, I'm, I'm a lot more chill than you are. And I'm like, I get it. And I'm not offended. And actually we have a manager who's a lot more chilled out than I am. That would be a great fit for you. And I'm not offended by that because we all connect with other people 
people differently. We're all looking for different people. You know, think about the friends that you have and who you naturally gravitate towards, towards the people that you've become friends with. And you're like, oh, didn't expect we'd be friends, but we actually work really well together. But they weren't someone I naturally gravitated toward. There should be an element of natural personality fit. And what's nice is as we're scaling the agency, we're hiring managers with different personalities because you're going to work differently with different creators, right? So personality fit is really, really big for us because again, we're also talking with you a lot, like 24 seven. So we need to be able to communicate and work well together. You also want to make sure that you're looking for an agency or a manager that cares about building long-term mutually beneficial relationships, both with you. And also of course, with the brands that you're working with, don't find an agent or manager. That's like, yeah, I can just get you tons of one-off one-off here. One-off. No, because you're trying to build a sustainable long-lasting career. And you can't do that if you're only doing one-off campaigns. So let's make sure that you're with somebody that cares about building the relationship. They're prioritizing things like networking. They're prioritizing talking with the brands outside of just doing campaigns. They're building relationships. You know, it's not just, oh yeah, we like know somebody and like we could get you one off thing. You don't want to have someone like that because it's not going to help you build a sustainable career. You also want to make sure they have proven success in pitching, negotiating, redlining contracts. If you are choosing to give such a large part of your business and put that in the hands of someone that's representing you, who is now an extension of your brand, right? And let's think about how they advocate for you and your reputation is also now in their hands because they're an extension of you. So how they communicate, how they redline, how they negotiate, how they're pitching, that's all an extension of your brand. You have to make sure that's a good fit or you're going to get into a situation that I just had recently, a little side tangent this and tell you how important it is with this crazy situation I had to deal with. Okay. Ah, because this is a great opportunity to talk about it. One of my like Instagram friends, right? We all have them where it's like, we're friends, but like, we don't actually know each other. And like, we've never met in real life, but like, we're totally friends. Okay. One of those girls who's so sweet in the same space, she's a pretty well-known creator in her space. So we received an opportunity from a brand to work with her on a different campaign, but she is represented by another agency, another manager. Okay. So it was going to be like a cross agency partnership. I actually did not know that she was working with another agency, another manager. I never like make it clear. I never said we represent her to this brand that I have the connection with. I never said we represent her. I said, you're looking for creators. I know a great creator. This is her. If you're interested in working with her, I'm happy to get connected with her manager or her agency. If she has one to talk about a partnership, because that's how you do things, you know, in the agency realm. So it's a dude and he takes it the wrong way. And he's an older guy. And I'm on my way to Art Basel in Miami. This is early December. I'm on my way. He had set up a meeting and was like, Hey, I'd love to talk about this. And I'm thinking I'm going to get on the call. And you see how I'm talking here. I'm, I'm like, I'm so excited to chat with you. Like would love to like work on this together. Like so excited. Like I have a great relationship with this brand. They would like love to work with, you know, so-and-so. And he starts laying into me and he was like, I don't know who you think you are trying to, you know, say that you represent. And I was like, sir, I never said that. I can show you the email chain. Like I got receipts, please. I'll pull up. I'm Puerto Rican too. So he starts saying something and I was like, oh Lord, calm me down. Calm me down because I'm about to pop off here. And I have to keep it professional, right? Because it's my creator's representation, my agency also on the line, right? I'm representing that. And so he's laying into me and he was like, you know, I don't know if you know what you're doing. And it sounds like you're really young and you barely been doing this at all. And he's just like profiling me and like speaking so derogatory. And it was just awful. And this is someone who's representing one of the sweetest girls ever, who has a great community, a great audience, like super kind, right? And he's laying into me. I get off the phone and I'm not usually one to like cry, but I was so caught off guard 
guard and shocked. And I've never been so disrespected like that in a professional sense in my life because I was so caught off guard. But I was like, you know what? This is why we started an agency because reputation is everything. And that's just one story of many that I could share. It's like the one that's the most recent and also the most jarring because unfortunately I'm noticing now being in the agency realm longer, it's more common than we think that there's just a lack of professionalism and there's just disrespect to other you know, agency owners or this whole mindset of like, oh, well, if you're in the agent, I can't even talk to you because it's, if you win, then I lose. And it's like, no, there's enough room for all of us. We can all win, but it's just, it can get real gnarly in these agency streets. Okay. So the reason that I share all of that is just know that unfortunately the girl that he is the representation for, she was not privy to these kinds of conversations that he was having behind the scenes and the reputation that he is now creating that is very negative, you know, and I had to basically go back to this brand and say, listen, I talked with the manager. And unfortunately, while I can recommend the talent, I can't recommend that you work with her because I can't give my stamp of approval for who she's represented by. And that sucks because now that's a lost opportunity of a lot of money for her and a great brand that I know she wants to work with because I talked to her personally. And that sucks. Like that's what you don't want. And so I hope that this is a cautionary tale to make sure that if you're listening and you're considering it, make sure they have proven success in the areas, but also that they have good rapport in the industry because your reputation is on the line. And I think so many creators just sign because these agencies make these inflated promises and these grand dreams and ideas. And then they never get the time and intention that their brand deserves from that agency. They're a number in a room of hundreds of people and they don't get the respect that they deserve or they don't get the opportunities that they were hoping they would get. And then they're not being talked to when conversations are being had to other agency owners. They're not being represented well. Be cautionary with that. And then the last things I will say is make sure that they align with your values and morals as a creator. There needs to be aligned fit with that. Make sure they're communicative. They should not be someone that if it takes 72 hours, like we respond to all of our talent within 24 hours, at least max 48. And if we can't give them a response within 24, we let them know, hey, like I had the flu for like majority of December. You know, I was like, listen, y'all, I'm a little slower. Okay, because I feel like I'm dying. But I let them know that, right? Like let's professionally communicate and give them a heads up. So if they're not communicative, you need to make sure that the way that they communicate with you is a way that works for you. And also that they're giving a response to you in a timely manner and that you're also communicating back. It goes two ways, communicating back in a timely manner. And then lastly, I will say that they're not managing too many people at once. We're a white glove luxury agency. We have three people currently on our roster and we have a wait list of 200. There's a reason for that because we do not accept everyone because we're very intentional about who we represent. And because we provide such an unparalleled high level of service and quality of work, we want to make sure that if we represent you, we are 110% in. You're not going to be a number on our roster. You're going to be a name with a brand, with a strong reputation that we are upholding with the way that we communicate. We're not here to play and we don't take it lightly that you are trusting us with your business. And so I don't care about being an agency with hundreds and hundreds of people. We cap out with a manager at seven. Awesome. We're going to hire a new manager. We're not going to put a manager with 25, 30, 50 people. And then you're just a number on a roster. That's not, I'm not with it like that. I'm not about it. And I know that's a very strong stance, but I will stand behind that 110% because there's too many agencies out here where you will be a number. And I don't want that for you if you're listening right now. So make sure that you are you know, not going to be a number, but you're a name and a brand with a strong reputation that's being upheld. Like so many great points that you brought up in your answer. I love that you said it's a representation of your brand. It is like literally somebody who is speaking for you or sending emails on your behalf or something. So I love that key component to your answer because I do have a follow-up question. Thinking on the other side, has there ever been an, an incident where you've had to drop an influencer and what might that look like and why would a partnership be dissolved from an influencer standpoint rather than the agency standpoint? point. 
So we haven't had to drop any of our creators, our influencers. We actually started the agency at the end of 2022. We signed two on that were friends of mine that I knew locally that would give us a lot of grace as we figured things out and set up our systems. And they've been with us ever since, you know, and now we're going into 2024. They re-signed both of their year contracts. We just brought on our third in January of 2024, and we're in process of continuing to scale the roster. We have such an intensive onboarding, like discovery call. And by intensive, I mean thorough. I don't mean, oh, we got to make sure, you know, like, I I mean, I am intense with a lot of energy, but I mean, just thorough and intentionality in the way that we ask questions, the way that we make sure that we're also what they're looking for. I've had many calls with creators where I'm like, yeah, you're great. And we'd be happy to represent you. However, we're not actually what you're looking for. And I'd love to give you a recommendation of someone that's going to be better. And I'm okay with saying, I want every creator to be like, this is so aligned. You're the perfect agency for us. You're the perfect managers for us. Like, and be so in with us, just like we're in with them. Otherwise it's not going to work. So we have had that experience where we've had to let anyone go. And that's why we scaled slowly. I mean, we could have just like, oh yeah, we got a huge wait list. Let's just add everyone on. I just didn't want to do that. I'm fine with scaling slower and doing it the right way the first time, making sure that we're both on the same page, everything is aligned and going from there versus we'll just take anyone and everyone. We just have such a strong vetting process. So we haven't had to deal with that. No, that's so smart. Like you said, scaling small, making sure it's manageable steps that you are excelling at rather than the opposite sit and being overwhelmed. No, I love that. And it's just like was a really interesting thought because I'm like, you know, you only work with three creators. I wonder how long they've been with them. So that's so cool because it's so curated to what they need that there's no reason to dissolve a partnership. There's been no reason. And it's funny because I was actually at Creator Economy Live in Vegas last week. And, you know, I was talking with a CEO for an influencer marketing platform. And I was just like, yeah, like Creator Economy, influencer industry, like it's wild. Like these conversations are wild. And he was like, yeah. And then you got to deal with like these crazy influencers. And these, and I was like, sir, I, I was like, listen, I know they're out there, but I don't represent any of them. I don't represent some like wacko, like our creators are literally the best, genuinely the most amazing women, like just killing it. Like I'm so proud of them. I, it is an honor to get to represent them and to help them with their business. We've not had a single issue with any of them, like at all, you know, we've had a lot of really intentional and, you know, tough conversations in terms of how can we better serve them, you know, and just always being open to feedback of how we can support them better, but they're very fruitful conversations. I wouldn't even consider actually tough. I'm like, let me retract that word. It's just fruitful and intentional conversations that allow both of us to grow and both of us to be, you know, better, but we've had no problems with any of our girls. And I, again, it speaks to the vetting process, but our girls are amazing. (laughs) I love them. I have nothing bad to say about them. Only good things. I love that. And that's so important, right? Like you don't want to be an agency being like, yeah, I don't really like the creators or I'm just genuinely passionate about the creators I'm, you know, working for. Like that doesn't align then. <laughs> it just wouldn't work. Talking about like the vetting process, what are some of the like vetting questions you go through to see if it is going to be an alignment for you and that creator? Totally. So we ask a lot about their background and experience in partnerships. A big thing, with one of our requirements for Alora is that you need to be making at least $70,000 on a yearly basis before we consider bringing you on just from a business side of things. You know, that's obviously outside of personality fit and do we align morals and values and all of that stuff. From a business perspective, we want to make sure that you already have a steady stream of business in because it's going to take time for us to pitch you, to learn your brand, to reach out to our partners and get some relationships going. And because we only work based off of commission, we have to make sure that if we're taking you on, it's actually a valuable opportunity 
opportunity for us, just truly black and white from business perspective, it's a valuable opportunity and that you're already bringing in a solid amount of income. So 70K is currently our baseline threshold of what you need to be earning. And so we talk a lot about that. You know, how does your current inbound opportunities look like? What are some of your goals as a creator? What are some brands that you're wanting to work with? What kind of partnerships do you enjoy? Are you wanting to expand, you know, and go out of just doing one thing in a niche? And you're like, no, I'm really wanting to be a personal brand. I want to talk about more things like a lot of those conversations. And it's very casual. It's not this like intense interview process. You know, it's just, let's get to know each other. Let's make sure we're on the same page. Let's make sure that we can also support you with the goals that you want to achieve and that we work well together and can have good, you know, banter as they say on Love Island in the UK. Do we have good banter back and forth with one another? So those are things that we're just kind of figuring out. And also if they worked with a previous agency, we will ask, what did you love about that agency that you're like, oh my gosh, I was so impressed by that. I really appreciate that they did that. And then what were some of the things where you're like, "Mm, not my favorite, could have done without that, or this could have been done better. We want to know those things. And then bridging the gap between the two, you know, can we support you with the things that you didn't like with the previous agency and also help you, you know, double down on what was working really well for you, you know, before. And so we'll ask about background. The big thing is that we also don't work with creators that are just wanting us to do outreach. You have to be making at least 70K inbound. That is our baseline again, because the commission from a business perspective, and it's wild, the amount of creators that reach out that have 200,000, 300, half a million, millions that are not making any money at all yet from working with brands and are like, I just need someone to help me scale. And I just want someone to help me do outreach. And I'm like, that's fine, but we're just not the best fit for you because you're not bringing in anything. Like we would have to literally start from ground zero. And that's just a lot because we're not able to provide the same level of quality service because we're having to focus so much on beginning stuff. And we're more of the advanced agency where you've been doing this for a good amount of time. You've been making some money. You kind of know what to do, but you're like, listen, someone please just take this business stuff off my plate. Like I know you can help me scale. We're not looking for people that are just getting into it. We're looking to help people scale from like, let's say baseline 70K to six figures. As you can tell, this episode has been spilling all the tea. So make sure you stay tuned for part two on February 12th. You can follow along on the podcast so you get notified when part two drops. If this episode resonated with you, we invite you to leave a review, rate, follow, and share with your creative bestie. Make sure to connect with us on our platforms at The Creators Chaos and our personal accounts at The underscore R Brooks and at Anna Page Morgan. Thank you so much for listening and being part of our community. 